Hello, heroes. James D'Amato here to wish you happy holidays. We're looking forward to the new year here at One Shot Network, and we want 2024 to be a big year for us. A year with new shows, new events, new projects. And we figured the holiday season was the perfect time to give you a sample of what we have in store for you. So across many one-shot spaces, you're getting a lot of free stuff. Last night, I made the first season of Star Wall, episodes 1 through 14, available to all Patreon subscribers, whether they are paid subscribers or not. We're super proud of that project over here at OSN, and we want to share it with more people. So if you're not a Patreon subscriber, head over to Patreon and check out the first season of Star Wall for free. And if you are a Patreon subscriber who is less than $5 a month, this is your first opportunity to listen to the first season of that show. To our $5 and up patrons, we have a new episode of Star Wall, episode 21, and we're releasing part three of our Session Zero audio for Skyjacks. Then, on your favorite podcasting app, you will find a new feed for Skyjoust. We're putting up the first episode of Skyjoust there, which is a slightly re-edited version of the first episode of the Burning Tales solo series. That is going to be coming out weekly until we hit audio that you haven't heard yet, at which point we'll move over to bi-weekly for the remainder of Skyjoust. But yes, the Skyjoust feed is finally going up. Which brings me to what you're listening to here. You see, I want to bring you new shows in 2024, and producing Sky Joust gave me a taste for producing competitive actual plays. I've done this a couple times in the past with the Dungeon Dome, Dungeons and Dollars, and of course Sky Joust, but I feel the tension of real competition could be underscored even more with cash prizes. Which is why my new show, Adventure Capitalists, combines all of that with the worst murder hobo-y tendencies of anyone who sits down to play an RPG. Adventure Capitalist pits two teams of four players against each other, head-to-head, with one goal. To have their team make as much in-game money as possible at the end of four sessions. And whichever group manages to do that wins a real-world cash prize. I put together teams of some of your favorite one-shot performers and new faces who all have backgrounds in comedy, and I let them draft-style create their own world to play out this game in. The setting they came up with is marvelously chaotic and extremely dangerous, which made Morkborg the perfect game system to run this in. What you're about to hear is the first episode of the first session for Team LA. That team is composed of Rashawn Nadine Scott, Tyler Samples, Alan Linick, and new voice Avery Lee. And I think you'll see this is an extremely appropriate gift on this holiday season. So, with all that out of the way, please enjoy. We open on snow. Snow falling gently over hills and mounds of endless fields of rolling white. We can see that these hills have almost a regular shape to them, that if you look at them from above, they're square, rectangular. And then As we get closer, we can see emanating from one of these hills, as the light out is very gentle right now, that there is a faint light emanating from one of the divots on these hills. And as our camera moves closer and closer, uh, we can see that there's just a tiny sliver of window that sunlight is moving in through. And we can see a child's 
bedroom that is covered in crude drawings um, with walls uh, that have plaster that is dry, bulging, and cracking because this child is not a fortunate child. This child does not happen to live on a part of the world blessed with wealth uh, and plenty. They live on a poor part of this planet. Still, their eyes pop open and sparkle with joy because today is Christmas Day. They spring out of bed, they run through the house, and they enter their living room and see something that causes their eyes to well up with happy tears because they see an endless field of presents, almost so many presents that it's basically impossible to move through the room. As they step forward, they realize that one of these gifts is already open. Why, it's the toy train, the wooden toy train from the window of the toy store that they've wanted for so, so long. And they look across the room, and there's another, and another, and another, the same toy train, hundreds upon hundreds in this room. It is a joyful thing, but there is a spark of horror buried in that thing. A cold bead of sweat rolls down this child's temple as their body realizes there is something that must be wrong with this situation, but that's quickly overwhelmed by their mind and the glee that they feel at finally having this gift. They immediately plop down on the ground on discarded wrapping paper and crinkled boxes, grabbing two trains and making dramatic sound effects as they act out the voices of the passengers of both of those trains. Oh no, we're gonna crash! We're gonna crash! We're headed right towards each other! And with that, the camera will zoom out over the uh, snowscape and we see adventure capitalists Team L.A. Now, I would love to know who our characters are for this. And the way that we're going to meet these characters... Yes, uh, Alan Linick and Rashawn are doing the scissor gesture, which is great. <laughs> Uh, it's a very, very queer positive uh, sort of way to start this off. Um, I want to know where your character is. And an important thing about this is your character is going to return to this place at the start of every day. As soon as the first child wakes up and it is Christmas once again, that is where your character is going to be. So tell us where on however many years or months we don't know at this point ago the christmas loop started where your character had fallen asleep and where they are going to wake up okay i have a question about this wait yes. so you're saying physically we re- we groundhog day reset to the same everyone point at the physically start of every day? resets however things that you have done to the world remain I in see. continuity and things that happen to your body remain in continuity um, so gotcha. if you lose oh, a finger, you're going to wake up without a finger. If you get a tattoo, you're going to wake up with that tattoo. Right. Mm. Um, Alan, 
Yeah, take it away, Rashawn. Cool. My character, the, the POV we're seeing is uh, they are a, a, a lumberjack of sorts. Uh, at this shack that holds all of their tools, we see a pegboard of every kind of axe that you could think of. And as this person reaches out to to grab an axe, you would think you would see flesh of an arm extending and grabbing, but they see uh, pine needles and cones that extend out like this arm is basically mutated and formed into a tree. They um, have a reaction like shudder, like, oh, my God, this is my hand branch, hand, arm, not sure, mm-hmm. grabs the axe, shuts the 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 shed door turns around and is faced with a mirror and you see this giant Douglas fur of a person. This woman was a lumberjack who was cursed at, uh, by chopping down the wrong tree in the forest and merged with it and is now this unholy, disgusting, uh, uh, what's the word, tenenbaum of a uh, woman creature. Yeah. Now, Rajan, I do have a question. That happened on what would be in this setting December 24th, right? You, yeah. You chopped down this tree on December 24th and w- woke up on Christmas merged with the tree. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Cool. That That is great. Um, and then they step out and kind of start their day looking out at the vast expanse of... I don't know if there are lots of trees or not. I don't know what's sadder. Mm. That well, maybe there I, used to be a lot of trees. I'm going to tell you, Rashawn, <laughs> yeah. it's hard to know because it is snowing. And hmm. what you got was what some people would have called a Christmas miracle. Just mm. enough dusting of snow for there to be a white Christmas. Not enough for it to cause any problems uh, with traffic or or infrastructure. However, the problem is, you got that amount of snow for the past goodness knows how many days. And it's added up. You've plowed the roads and whatnot, but what you see, if you are in a heavily populated area, is canyons dug out of the snow that is like piled up layer after layer because it has snowed so many days in a row a very specific what is supposed to be non-intrusive amount um (laughs) so are there trees it's nearly impossible to say you'd have to burrow through a lot of snow to see any some meteorologist is doing a spit take out of their window every morning And an old man's just like, wow, it sure dumped last night, huh? Uh, I think that Douglas will attach some, some, you know, snowshoes of sorts, climb to the top of the shack and walk across the top of this snowbank to hack off the top of a tree to uh, essentially trying to build a fire as disgusting as that sounds to a tree person to get a little bit of warmth. Yeah, um, I think... Rashawn, like you, you, yeah. you are absolutely able to do that. And you do see like the, the peaks of some very tall trees, like sticking out above uh, the snow line. You, you know, expertly uh, as a lumberjack, like grab what you need. You move down, um, set these pieces of wood in your fire. And then the smell hits you. Uh, and of course, it smells like pine, but there is something in you that makes it feel like it also smells like pork. 
it is the disquieting sensation that anyone who has been around a human body that is burning oh, feels God. where <laughs> somehow these burning trees smell delicious. And I think it is in this moment, looking into your fireplace, uh, that there are these glass shutters on it. You can see your face for the first time in the morning. Um, mm. You can see what has become of you, but I think also a message that you have left to yourself. The the first message that you know that you would see every day. In in the message, I would see it's hear those sleigh bells ringling. <laughs> And I think that reminds me of uh, the the bells that would sound when, like, intruders come into our area. Oh, sick, sick. To be hyper aware of when you hear these bells, it's, it's time to get up in that action, you know. And then I, I look over to my, my shed full of axes and I say, one day, one day. I love it. I love I it. I sip my uh, coffee. <laughs> you've, got a, you've got a shed full of axes, like... Uh, Preppers have like a wall full of guns yeah. down there. Just grinding. I'll just grind some axes <laughs> and get things as sharp as possible. Prepping for my day. That's perfect. Uh, I, I want to cut over to uh, our, our next player. Who who wants to introduce their character? I'll go. Yeah. So uh, Spuggles the Elf wakes up in, an, uh, in a, like the abandoned central area of an indoor mall. That has been made to look, you know, like Santa's uh, Wonderland. Sure. He wakes up just uh, with like a, <gasps> like coming up from in between two like comically oversized wooden boxes uh, made to look like presents. Uh, <laughs> he has like a bottle in one hand that's like mostly empty. And he wakes up, he looks around like in a panic. Uh, he has no idea where he is. He has no idea what's going on. He feels all over himself and he can feel the jingle jangle of his little cap with the bell on it and his little pointy shoes. And he's like confused and terrified. And he's like ripping and he looks and he sees his arms and it says on his left arm, it says, look. And on his right arm, it says inside. And he <laughs> uh, like... Spends a little bit of time like trying to figure that out and then like sees his little soul bag and he opens it and then he looks and then. Well, uh, Tyler, for the benefit of the audience, who's not insane, uh, okay. you do need to describe <laughs> what a soul pin and a soul bag are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. Well, a soul. The Yeah. So every every person, including Spuggles the Elf, has a little soul bag, which is like. Avery, would you call it like a colostomy bag? <laughs> in, in some ways, yes, I think, exactly. Yeah, like that, yeah. yeah. And so uh, so he has this little bag that holds his soul pinned to his body because, Alan, right, uh, as we all know, babies, when they're born, their souls come out first and then mm -hmm. their bodies come out and their, their souls have to be pinned. You got to yeah. catch the soul and put it back <laughs> the in there. Doctors have yeah. to catch the soul and yeah. physically attach it to the body using a soul pin, uh, which exactly. allows people to control their bodies and uh, the souls don't become birds, which is hugely important. However, it does have the side effect that when a body and soul are attached together using a soul pin, uh, if you should sin, um, it will manifest as a foul smelling liquid and it needs to be drained. So now every soul pin is affixed with a drain that attaches to a soul bag, uh, which collects your sin. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, and I look in my soul bag and it looks different than I remember, but I don't even know what that means because I can't think of what I remember or not. Like ever, all I feel is haze and Spuggles looks until he suddenly gets like sucked in to the bag and inside then is this madman's workshop. There's toys in different areas, like different stages of repair and disrepair and construction. Some of them look very nice and some of them look very naughty. And there is on all of the walls is just scraps of paper, like newspaper articles, hastily written scrawls, all of it with strings behind it and everything. And on one wall, it just says it's etched into the wall. It just says, find the little man. Yes. And and uh, Smuggles doesn't know what that means, but he knows. And and underneath it, it says, uh, I cannot lie. And Smuggles is like, that's weird. And then is like, uh, I'm having a normal. Uh, he tries to say it. And, and instead of that, it just comes out of like, this is a terrible day. And he's like, oh, and he realizes. Uh, and then so he spends about a half an hour, like r- reading through it all, like reading through everything. And then he goes out to gather the people he knows he is supposed to be working with because he has told himself where to find the other members of the party. And so he's he sets out from the mall to go across the snow to find Douglas and the rest. Perfect. Uh, let's turn to Alan, uh, because I think Avery's character is the the most insane and i would love to that. <laughs> right uh so uh we see spuggles start to walk down towards the end of the mall and uh as he goes he passes by telsty's toy shop and in the window of the shop we kind of like linger on that window and as we linger on the window and we kind of push in on it, we can see there's this big sort of mound of like stuffed animals. There's uh, and like different dolls and stuff that have been arranged in a sort of like a pyramid shape. Um, there's like an elephant up here with uh, a third eye on its head. There's this like strange snake necked looking bird creature. There's uh, like a Santa, look like a big, like a skinny looking Santa figure in the middle. There's uh, like a princess looking doll with extra arms coming out of it and then we actually we pull we pull back like double take almost to the thin santa and the thin santa's eyes pop open um (laughs) in the midst of all these different toys and uh old buncey kind of like looks around uh groggily um and does a little cough and starts to like wriggle free of this mound of stuffed animals and kind of totters to his feet and he goes feeling unwell rather unsteady is it possible that it is morning already uh, and for those of you who don't know, uh, which I think is all of you, um, mm-hmm. listening, old Buncey has been blessed by the other team with the <laughs> blessing that he can only speak in rhyme. But what they don't know is that this isn't actually a curse. It's just a hangover uh, effect of Buncey's situation, which is that old Buncey has been jumping bodies for so long 
uh, and has been alive for so long that he speaks in archaic. Like this is just how people talked when he grew right. up. Right. Um, yeah. And so he's so old that he still talks like that, uh, <laughs> even though language has evolved and changed since he was born. Sort of like how in Elizabethan England, in the real world, everybody spoke an iambic pentameter. Um, sure. So yeah. It's just just how people used to talk. Right. Or like how Yoda speaks backwards. Yeah. But because he's just been around so long. So you're positing that the Yoda that. Previously in Star Wars, everybody talked the way Yoda talked. That's talks. actually, that's canon. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. That's, that's not canonical. a thing that I knew. So, Oh, yeah, yeah. That's canonical. Um, George Lucas said that in an interview, that they that he talks like that because that's how people used to talk. And he's just 900 years old. <laughs> now, There's no one I, as old as Yoda. I think everybody who's made the old Republic video games is a fucking coward now. Because uh, they, they didn't speak that. in Yodaisms. Yeah, they um, should have spoken in Yodaisms. Yodish. But old Bunsy pulls himself uh, up to his feet, um, and he can remember that the plan was, who's got all the cash on Christmas morning? Toy stores. So mm. the plan was, stay overnight in a, Chris- in a toy store, wake up, knock off the toy store, and be on your merry way. Um, but... Aside from the window placements, like the, you know, sort of uh, advertisable stuff that would draw people into the toy store, he looks around and realizes very quickly that this toy store is cleaned out. And it looks like they are way behind on like restocking, like everything just feels like gone. And he kind of totters to his feet. And as he goes to put his hand to his forehead, he sees on his left hand where his three lesser lesser fingers middle mm-hmm. ring and pinky finger should be instead uh are, go- are gone as that's normal he knows that but what's unusual is that on the sort of knuckle stumps where his fingers used to be is a tattoo and uh, he pulls up and kind of squints at it and the tattoo says uh coffee shop on it and he goes huh <clears throat> and uh kind of looks at it and then sees another tattoo kind of poking out of the cuff of his uh, red jumpsuit that he's wearing and goes to kind of roll down and read more of the tattoo. But the next one down on his wrist says, not yet. Um, So he (laughs) rolls it back up, uh, does a little cough, um, looks down at his soul bag, and it is bulging full. It is almost (laughs) overflowing. Um, And... He spots on the far corner of the wall under a big wall that says wooden choo-choos, um, a little splot, like a stain on the ground, um, <laughs> and thinks to himself, well, looks like I won't be the first one to do this, so whatever, uh, and walks <laughs> over and empties out his bag on the stain, which grows oh ever so slightly. <laughs> and then he heads out the door. Bring, ding, ding, ding. Perfect. Uh, Avery... Let's let's cut over to you. Oh, so then uh, the camera pulls up in the air and we see the whole, you know, everyone's uh, happily, you know, celebrating Christmas morning, very, you know, twinkling lights, all that. And then we pull back and we go farther into the uh, the outskirts of the town. And uh, there's like, um, you know, there's like a cave there. And it's like, but it's kind of like, a, it looks like a house, kind of like, oh, so someone lives here maybe. 
but then with, next to that, there's like a stables outside that's uh, that's kind of like run down there. And then you, we go in the stables and there's like some hay and stuff on the ground. And um, we see there's like, a, it's, it's kind of like a, a minotaur uh, with a, uh, a bottom half and arms of a reindeer. Uh, but then the rest, the rest of it is like, uh, um, not, not, not the, not the Grinch for real so, legal reasons. Yeah. So, um, I am, I, I'm thinking it's called a Grinch. Uh, so that's, that's with an E and an E with an umlaut over it. And let's figure oh, out how this grunge. is legally distinct. Oh yeah. No, yeah. I, pardon me. I, I misspoke. So um, the rest of it is uh, uh, a, 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 a grunge, um, which, which is, you know, you, it's like a green kind of furry creature that. So we've you know, stuck with green. Um, we just need a <laughs> different hue of green. I mean, uh, um, so like green. teal? Can it yeah. be teal? Teal, teal. I for, sorry, I misspoke. <laughs> um, it's like a teal. <laughs> and the hair is braided, right? It's not like, yeah. Well, actually, no, I, I solved this one. It's not hair. It's down feathers. Um, oh, feathers. Okay. Because, yeah. because a, a, a Grinch is yeah. uh, part demon, is, is a demon creature. Um, it's like, uh, it's it's like a Krampus. Start as birds. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah, a yeah, bird yeah. Krampus. How, wait, how, Krampus. how are you saying it again? Gr- a Grinch? Gr- a Grinch? Uh, hang on, hang on. I'm going to figure okay. out how to pronounce a green shirt. Sort of like a so it's like green with ch at the end. Yeah, yeah. A green shirt. Green, green, yes, very green shirt. Very different. Um, yeah. Yeah, a grinch. I think it's grinch. a grinch. Green <laughs> sounds like no, something that cool. Romanians drink on holidays. Yeah. Oh, that was just perfect. A grinch. A grinch. A grinch. A grinch. Um, yeah. And, uh, so half one of those, um, <laughs> classic, um, yeah. And you said the arms of a reindeer. Yeah. 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 Arms of the reindeer. Well, so well. hooves. But, <laughs> hooves. Yeah. yeah, and yeah it's, hooves. it's got that, that, the head of a reindeer too. Right. Or is that a head of a Grinch? So six appendages. Cause I, I think uh, it yes, needs a reindeer. Head of a reindeer. Nose, yes. No head of a reindeer. Okay. Head of a reindeer. Yeah. Okay. It's got the horns. So you got the yep. antlers too. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. That's this is more horror. I already knew the description of Avery's character, and I had not pieced together how horrible it was. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I mean, I can't wait to tell you that the velvet is molting on it. So, uh, kind of eternally, there's like the velvet sloughing off with like coats and sheets of blood. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, uh, it's gross. Um, But uh, but yeah, it's you know because the um, it's his name is a Grunch, and um, his dad was uh, the the Grunch, and uh, he had sex with uh, Rudolph's mom, and so that's why he looks. the way he does and and visually the <laughs> audience is getting this information because i think carved onto the wall of your cave is a crude family tree 
Oh, um, okay. That sort of experience. Yes. A crude drawing of them. <laughs> yeah, that's where I thought we were going as well. Of no, the act. No, I don't. I mean, maybe. I who celebrate knows? my origins. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, You're all too cowardly to publicly show your conception. Yeah. I mean, and, and we can see that, like, your brother, your half brother is Rudolph, the Rudolph. Um, yeah, uh, for that, sure. So, yeah, on the wall, there's some, like, Polaroids of the the Grunch having uh, sex with Rudolph's mom. And they're, like, the only <laughs> um, photos that Grunch has of his mom. So he's oh. like, oh, this oh, is... Oh, God. They, they don't... They don't um, <laughs> The, we, he doesn't know what happened. Uh, he has no memory. I forgot. Yeah, he has no memory. Sure. So, yeah. but uh, yeah. And then uh, he looks. Uh, Grunch looks down at him. He do, he has some tattoos as well. I think it says uh, John G murdered my wife. Is what one of them says. <laughs> and um, find him and kill him. There's a bunch of stuff. There's a bunch of info. There's a bunch of info. Sure. On him. Sure, 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 sure. But that's um, part of it, which I love. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, oh, he's also got a uh, soul bag on him. One of those mm-hmm. things. It's, you know, attached to his um, intestine and his side. And I think it looks kind of whimsically Susian. You know, it's yeah. got like kind of those windy pipes and like a little bit of a knobbly design to it. Yeah, yeah. More whimsical than everybody else's. Yeah, and one and um, there's like a side pouch too that on it that has like some oats and stuff. So then he goes in and <laughs> starts eating some from the oat side. Sure. And uh, he also has a laptop. And mm-hmm. um, he cracks open the laptop. His his memory is not good, but he does remember his crypto key. And he goes just to check to see his accounts, how they're doing. Well, Avery, I'm so glad that you brought this up because oh, okay. I had a long time to think about what cryptocurrency <laughs> meant because that's oh, the okay. wish that you had for your character was for him to be good at cryptocurrency. And and all the online. Uh, and you'll, you'll see some of this yeah. on your character sheet as well, but mm-hmm. uh, cryptocurrency uh, is important in the uh, banishment and binding of demons. Uh, It's currency that is made out of the bones of dead humans. Uh, You have to make and carve small discs out of the C6 and C7 spine um, uh, bones specifically. And you can use that in addition to (laughs) blockchains to bind a demon and uh, turn them into uh, a a type of token uh, which allows you to command their their powers. So you oh, are well wow. versed in cryptocurrency and blockchain management. Um, mm. So you, if you come across a demon, will have the tools that you need to bind that demon to your will should you succeed at several roles. Sure, yes. And then... <laughs> So then it serves as a currency because you can be like, here, here, take this. And, and this this demon will do an hour's worth of service for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. And also, uh, also sometimes extreme monetary value. Sometimes. I mean, see, <laughs> like the thing is, 
it if you get this token, you can mm. unleash the demon from it. That's what it allows you to do. It doesn't do what you tell it to. You'll just mm. unleash it. So for most people, this is worse than worthless um, to possess these because it's like just possessing something very dangerous that you probably wouldn't want around you. But people do uh, buy and sell them and there's a huge insistence on their value. Mm, um, yeah, so rich. so there's, there's a certain subset of people that won't stop talking about it and how it has great potential for the future <laughs> and really what it is is collecting more demons uh, in populated areas uh, waiting to be unleashed by mm. the blockchains which barely hold them back mm. and and sometimes the value goes up a lot goes up a lot yeah sometimes, oh sometimes, yeah sometimes. there's a well it's, it's yeah, speculative yeah. value it's like what could i do yeah. if i could command this demon <laughs> and once they work that out oh my gosh the economy is going to be incredible once they work out controlling the demons mm-hmm. Then all the problems are solved. You're going to mm-hmm. wish that you had gotten in on this now. You're going to wish that you had a closet full of demons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should have got in when it was low. Yeah. I just have them in storage, just kind of sitting on them waiting. Yeah. It's all right. There's, you know, there's always new uh, demon coins that uh, are launching. So we can always, we can hop on the next one. Yeah. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I, I, Avery, I have the question. What is the message uh, that makes Grunch uh, sort of head out to uh, the location that everybody is going to meet up at. Oh, um, yeah. So then um, Grunch also has a little uh, dog and uh, <laughs> the dog starts uh, licking his face and then she's like, oh, okay. And then uh, the, and then the, he follows the dog and then the dog goes over to this uh, this sled and the dog's like, ah, come on. And then um, the uh, he he get Grunch gets on the sled, and the dog starts pulling him, and then it, away he goes. Excellent. He just trusts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The dog, kn- the dog knows where to go. Yeah, yeah. Here's and now actually, this brings up an important question, maybe for James. Mm-hmm. Uh, does the curse only affect human, like sapient? Oh, beings? I. I'm gonna say yes because we're we're oh. gonna see. So the dog, <laughs> the dog knows. does remember everything. Yeah, the dog dogs know. That's Dad. fun. Yeah, dogs absolutely know what's going on. Um, Interesting. So we uh, follow the camera follows like through this huge channel of of banks of snow on either side down towards the city, which. I think like the the capital city that that you all live in on on this the uh, uh, poor side of the planet. How how big do you think this is? Like, is this a big metropolis? That's kind of what I had been picturing. But I, f- I forget. Also, what era of technology have we? Where are we in? Are all we in like a steam for the place? Like, okay, I, cool. I think we're somewhere in the range of medieval to 1950s aesthetics. Uh, but we also do have laptops. Uh, but that's yeah. only well, for yeah. you know the carving and management of cryptocurrencies. So hard, yeah. hard to say. All right, great, great. Yeah. So I, I, I like I was kind of picturing almost like Victorian London-sized city, like. This is a decent city, pretty tall buildings and whatnot. Uh, and right now, 
just covered in a blanket of snow and there are these thick high walled channels of snow that is piled up and piled up and piled up uh, because like and the plows are out uh, they're being plowed to the side every day but the the banks of snow are getting higher and higher um, it's this huge logistical nightmare you can see layer after layer um, uh, carved into these gigantic walls of snow and ice that some of the less well-maintained buildings are already starting to buckle under the weight of all of this snow. Um, but people are, for the most part, going about their day and uh, preparing for this, like, joyous celebration of Christmas. It is here. Uh, the city is alive, uh, but it is not alight with workers. This is a day off for people. Um, they are joyfully dancing through the streets, moving through these channeled snowbanks, and we find here, at this specific time, a coffee shop that over the last however long has been a coincidental meeting place for your group of four that slowly moved into an intentional rendezvous imagined by the version of yourself who was awake and active the previous day. You have, like, we, we can see in the past, like, flashbacks of your group, uh, what we'll see, like, it's mostly in black and white, but you're lit up in red and green, like walking past each other. And like we can see shades and shadows of previous meetings between you that are like slowly drawing your group closer and closer together until you were sitting at the same table almost every day. And we cut to now, the present. I am going to declare this at it's 11, 11 a.m. Uh, specifically. It's enough time that old Buncey didn't go here immediately. We know that. Buncey mm. did something before. But everybody else, like, kind of arrived. I think Buncey is the last to arrive. You all sit. You are all facing each other. These are strangers to you. I think uh, the only one who I imagine might have a chance at recognizing anybody else is Grunch, because there's a chance that Grunch had planned to rob this person at some point uh, to prevent them from enjoying Christmas. Can I propose, though, Spuggles would oh, have written ooh. in his journal descriptions of everybody. Yeah, I think I think you know these people. Uh, I'm going to let you decide right now, Taylor, uh, Tyler, is Spuggles a gifted artist or not? No, no, these are no. So <laughs> and unfortunately, also, he's not the most uh because it is a written journal, but he is not great at visual details either. <laughs> so, so, he, so he, I mean, so two of the, so basically it's just like Santa guy, tree, tree person, and then a uh, nightmare. I'm going to do you, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to offer you this, Tyler. You don't need to accept this, but I want to do you one worse. I want Spuggles descriptions of these people to be personality descriptions and have nothing to do I with their that. physical yeah, appearance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's just sort of like, well, I don't know them yet. So, I, uh, yeah. as a player, so I don't know. But yes, there are personality descriptions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Rashawn, if you're cool with it, I'd like to posit that uh, when Old Buncey sees you, Old Buncey sees that, uh, that he is written something in his own handwriting on Douglas fur, oh. which is what triggers oh, cool. him. Oh, so yeah, I've, uh, Douglas fur has a lot of ornaments scattered around that just have uh, like 
terrible wishes from children. <laughs> like all the bad kids uh, get like their own ornaments all all across me. So what do you recognize on my on my person? Um, I I think they're in in old Bunsy's own handwriting, written on an ornament or like ca- carved into your bark or something. Sure. In a little heart, maybe. Uh, <laughs> it just says introduce. Mm. Introduce. Yeah, introduce. Great. And, uh, is it also on like Douglas fur, like the small? Yeah, the, like Douglas somewhere fur's back. Can... Like Douglas fur can't even see it. <laughs> you put it on like the the tag of my t shirt, <laughs> <laughs> so you know what it means. Yeah, I, I mean, I would believe that Douglas fur uh, is sketching on these uh, snow plows and kind of hopped off one in front of this coffee shop and is kind of shambling, trying to open the door but can't quite grasp it for their arm is bark. Um, But if you see, if you recognize me, I would presume you would uh, help. Yeah. uh, So uh, you you feel a tap on your limbs. Uh, Who's who goes there? Uh, And you turn around and there is a a sort of a malnourished looking Santa Claus standing there. And he's looking at you kind of like intrigued and quizzical and uh, he says, I might be a face to you that's new, but perhaps I can be of help to you. <laughs> and he uh, opens the door to the coffee shop and kind of like, hmm, gestures for you to go in. Um, uh, uh, Douglas Fur kind of like shudders and some pine needles kind of scatter because uh, they're very dehydrated. So they mm. feel that they they follow in behind and are just looking for anywhere to like set their stem in some <laughs> some water. <laughs> so they don't die. Oh. <laughs> as as you are like all now in this coffee shop and like again drawn to the same table to like all be looking at each other uh for the first time though some part of you knows that this is not the first time mm. there's just a gravity between you that that draws you to this place there is a massive flash of light uh, uh and what sounds eyes. like <laughs> Uh, a chorus of kazoos and vuvuzelas that like blasts through the air and radiates through your whole beings. And you see suddenly dazzlingly in front of you, uh, there is the withered body of an old man, an ancient man, uh, completely nude, but tastefully covered uh, by a long flowing ribbon of silk uh, extending from his back look like uh, hundreds upon hundreds of wings of what look like very sick pigeon wings. So like they're Mm. not completely full, they're a little bit tattered uh and then hovering around him is are, are these wheels that are covered in eyes that look like they are bulging almost to the point of bursting before they like shrivel up and then regrow, regrow. these are all like frog eyes that like just become overripe grapes and then like shrivel down to raisins and like this constant undulating pattern and uh, a voice calls out to you from this collection be not aroused. I am among you. Uh, old Bunsy leans into uh, Douglas and says, A naked person, a flash of light. We're both seeing all of this, right? Oh, yeah. I don't believe it. 
Oh, <laughs> believe it, Douglas. <gasps> believe it, Bunsy. <gasps> I huh? am the wizard, Kazoodle. Wizard of the mountain, he who has walked 10,000 worlds, and I have come to offer you a challenge. You are four souls caught in a terrible curse, but have through cleverness and shrewdness made the best of it. I wish to pit you against your supposed betters. On the other side of this world, right now, there are four gathered, four who will have the same goal as you. To end an unspecified period of time, the richer. Each of you has your own skills, each of you your own tools. And whichever group amasses the most wealth after this unspecified period of time will be blessed with a wish. That's right, a wish. Whatever your heart should desire. No monkey paw shit. This is the real deal. All you have to do is whatever it takes to become as wealthy as possible in as short a time as you can imagine. Now, I grant to you this. Uh, and you see, like, a, a wrinkled, mummified hand uh, that, like, raises up and floats in front of you. And, like, the thumb pops off and uh, the pointer finger and uh, pinky and uh, uh, ring finger, like, pop off. And, like, each of them float in front of you. Uh, and, like... Uh, they clarify into like a crystal, a crystal amulet uh, uh, that, that you can put around your neck. This is the invisible hand of the market. When you unite the pieces of this hand, it will summon unto you a cosmic vault. Any wealth placed into this vault shall be counted towards your final score. Any wealth that you have not in the vault will not be counted for competition purposes. You may summon this vault at any time. Each of you has been given part of the key. However, it will only open if all of your pieces are amassed in the same location. Now then, you may each ask me one question, and I will answer it truthfully. Afterwards, your competition will be your own! <laughs> mm. Is this perpetual snow everywhere or just in our Christmas land? Hey, just in your fucked up little Christmas <laughs> world, baby. This is completely incidental to the competition. I was coming to you no matter what. All right. Sugar. Okay. So you know, so do you do this every day then? <laughs> if you if you remember all of this happening, do you just show up here every morning to tell us this? This is actually the first time. You've kind of oh. been doing your own shit, and now I'm here to layer this on top. So that little tattoo thing you're doing, you got to figure something out so that you know this is happening as well. <laughs> I, gra I grab a napkin and I start s scrambling. I <laughs> rip a pen out of the uh, wa passing waitress's hand, and I start scribbling down a note to myself. Oh, yeah, that's right, little buddy. <laughs> I start to craft another ornament. With your face, like trying to put your face or eyeballs or whatever you represent onto an ornament. So I re recall, um, do y'all have any questions or pretty straightforward? Grunch is just still disgusted at your appearance. 
<laughs> and like almost vomiting from like the eyes and such. Sure. Um, and then he's like, uh, uh, where's uh, the the bank? Where's the where's all the gold at? Which direction is the gold? The gold. Well. The gold amassed by those who have wealth and power on the other side of your world is held right here, in your very own city. An eye-impenetrable vault filled with mountains of gold. Exactly. Exactly where, though? It's on 3rd Street and A. 3rd and A. (laughs) I write that down on the napkin also. (laughs) I have a question. A question for you. How would one learn to teleport as you do? Why, one would merely need to turn your gaze into the infinite cosmos, an act that would burn your eyes from their sockets. But should you be able to endure this, that power would be yours. No need for eyes if we go where the money lies. Then all questions have been answered, all terms have been set. Your competition begins now, and good luck to you. And the flash of light disappears, uh, along with the old man, the the wheels, the eyes, the wings, and you are left in this coffee shop, looking at one another, now each holding a part of the invisible hand of the market. That information was a lot to get, and I even had my coffee yet. Should we we try out the hand and see if it works? I mean, uh, I don't... Yeah, do do any of us have any any monetary value that we can put like in right now? I've got like sixty two silver on me. All right, uh, I I suggest we try. Uh, I I guess I have the the index finger. When our fingers combine, <laughs> yeah. As you uh, like hold the fingers up, like uh, the remaining uh, part of the hand, which is just like this middle finger with all of the other <laughs> fingers taken off, like appears in front of you, and you can each place your finger and its location on the hand. Oh yeah, and for sure we have to Power Rangers shout our finger. As we do it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you just kind of naturally, instinctually do that. Nobody told you that that's what you had to do. Pinky! Finger! Uh, you place this onto the hand. Uh, the hand, like, animates to life, moves forward, and then, like, starts dialing a, uh, a radio lock, which, like, slowly forms the, the face of this vault in the middle of the coffee shop. I think, like, horribly uh, uh, crushing a table that, like, somebody only barely scrambles out, getting out of the way of this, like, My massive waffles. vault. <laughs> um, but the vault is before you as the hand, like, opens the door, it like creaks open, and you can see like a a nigh infinite expanse in front of you um, uh, that just uh, has like a little sign that says deposit lucre here. Interesting. I'm going to take the silver that I have in in my pocket and I throw 52 of my 62 silvers into... Is there like a bucket or something, or is it just a big expansive floor? It's and just it's a, a huge expansive floor. I just throw, I just throw the coins on the floor. <laughs> ching, ching, ding, 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 ding. My new friends, I'd like to make a quick investigation to see what happens if we summon the vault in a new orientation. 
by all means. Yeah. I take my, what, what does that I mean? I take my index finger back or my uh, pinky finger back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I rush out. I, I, <laughs> oh, I yeah. get out of the, the ball. The ball almost crushes you. <laughs> I reach out my axe so you can grab it so we can yank <laughs> you back. <laughs> you dirty son of a bitch. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Uh, you gotta rhyme it. <laughs> Oops. Whoops. Uh, and then I instead could we kind of put the hand like, you know, as a normal hand reaching out to us. Uh, I'm mm. gonna try summoning the hand pointing downward mm. to see if the vault then also points downward. Uh? <laughs> like turning somebody upside down and shaking. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so what happens, like, you summon the vault, it goes through the entire summoning sequence, you do have to shout the names of the fingers, um, uh, but the vault summons and uh, the door opens, but it does open upside down, so the expanse, uh, the, the, like, kind of infinite expanse, the floor is now on the ceiling, and gravity will change as you cross that threshold. Okay, Mm. now that's interesting. That is interesting. I don't know how we're going to make use of it just yet, but it feels like something. We, we've got something there. You can't say we don't have something there. I, I, I could, but I'd be lying. Yeah. Um, I, Douglas would like to ask about um, the security of these fingers. Is this something we feel we should have on our person at all times or hidden somewhere in our Christmas wasteland? Uh, no, I think we should definitely keep them uh, on our persons at all time. One second, and I'm going to go into my soul bag. <laughs> and also, oh. the the other thing of it is, is so my hands are sticky is the thing I have, and I realize it's because of me constantly opening and pulling oh, myself into my soul bag, so they're covered in just a thin film of sin. Mm-hmm. So I go in, and I'm going to come back out with some wire, uh, and help everybody affix them to make little necklaces of, of our fingers. Yeah, I just I put it around the like my center uh, bark, like <laughs> very deep. Like you'd have to reach so far into the tree. Um, and I'm sure there's birds and stuff in there, or little creatures. I hope not. Birds are birds are the souls of dead of uh, dead people. Never yeah. mind, never mind. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. Um, they're squirrels. <laughs> ah, yes, yes, yeah. Adorable. Uh, squirrels are great. We love squirrels. Squirrels are yeah. merely animal souls. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's too complicated. 